We're looking forward to what God is doing. We're in the midst of, and just concluding, a 21-day season of prayer and fasting. We've called it hunger and thirst, and God has shown up in a powerful way, hasn't he, church? The Lord has been meeting us as we've been walking through this season, and uh, at the conclusion of our service, our time today, we're going to take communion as the way of just wrapping up this season and just committing it completely to the Lord. But I want to encourage you that what I've learned and what I've been challenged in isn't that this should be just an annual thing, but this should be a habitual thing in our lives. What does it look like? I want you not to wait until we maybe get into the beginning of next year and then say, okay, now it's time to think about prayer and fasting. How can it become a habit in your life to set aside time regularly to seek God in this way? He fulfills and keeps his promises. And one of them is if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And we have seen that. We're experiencing it firsthand. So make it a habit in your life. I think some say it takes 21 days to form a habit in our lives. I'm not telling you not to eat again for the rest of the year, but I'm telling you to make this a habit in your life now as you serve the Lord and as you seek the Lord moving forward. Well, this Sunday today, I've coined it Vision Sunday here at Evangel Church. And it's for us to look ahead and see the exciting things that God is doing. And what we find in scripture, it's in the midst of seasons of seeking God and prayer and fasting that the Lord reveals and makes clear and gives direction. And that's what he's been doing for us individually. And that's what he's doing for us corporately. And so what a great time for us to come together and to look forward at the amazing things God has in store for us as a church. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Proverbs, verse 29, or chapter 29. In Proverbs 29, we find this verse that many of you can complete from memory. Let's try it out together. Where there is no vision, people perish. That's the way many of us have learned it. Here's what it says in the NASB. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Often we never think about the second half of this verse. But happy is he who keeps the law. Happy is he who keeps the commandment of the Lord. Happy is he who walks in obedience to the Lord. And so it says, where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic revelation, people are unrestrained. They have no sense of direction. They fall off and fall away. But happy is he, blessed is he, who keeps the law, who obeys the Lord. I love the paraphrase, the message, how it says this in kind of common day, everyday language. Here's what it says. Same verse. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Come on, someone. Have you stumbled over yourself before? You know what I'm talking about. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I don't know about you. I want to be most blessed. Not just a little bit blessed. Not many blessed. Most blessed. The Lord's doing work and he's revealing. It's God's desire I was just reading this in a book recently. Do you know it's God's desire to, I believe, speak to you more than you're actually hearing him and show you more than you're actually seeing today? It's God's desire to reveal his pleasure, his purpose, his plan for your life. And I believe God is speaking even when we're not listening because God shows that time and time again that he's speaking, but his people aren't always listening and dialed in to what it is that he wants to do. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, Chapter 43, he wants to get the attention of his people and he sends this prophetic word to them. And here's what he says. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. 
I'm turning what looks hopeless into something that can sustain you. I'm turning what seems confusing into something clear for you to walk in. Do you not perceive the new thing that I'm doing? This is what the Lord asks of every generation, I believe, because God wants to do a new thing, and I know that he's doing a new thing among us, church. And there's a difference between seeing something and perceiving something. You get, you get that. You can see something, but you don't really see it. You don't really understand it. The Lord says you see it, but do you understand what's really happening right now? You see it. How are you interpreting that? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Do you see what I'm doing? And this is what the Lord wants us to know. He wants us to see as he sees. And when God is moving, here's what God provides well in advance before we actually see the work done, God provides a vision for it. And he provides that picture of the future. Vision is a clear, compelling picture of the future. He shows and reveals this is what it would be. This is where it is. I want to walk you through a little bit of our history as a church to help you understand this in, in real life. These are examples that are right in front of us from our own history. I want you to know that over 100 years ago, about 107 years ago, Mulheim, Germany, there's a woman and her husband and something special is happening among them because there's a revival that's sweeping through Europe and it's come to their very town. And as they are coming into God's presence, they're being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're being overwhelmed in God's presence. And it's there that God is revealing so many beautiful things to all of his people. And one of them was this woman named Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina was in the midst of that place where God gave her a vision and it wasn't just for her community, and it wasn't just for her church family, and it wasn't just for that area, but the Lord said, go to Elizabeth, New Jersey. And she's thinking, it must be God, because I don't even know where Elizabeth, New Jersey is. I don't even know what a Jersey is. Um, and she looks, and she pulls on a map, and there she sees it in the United States of America, across the Atlantic Ocean. When sometime later, she tells her husband, says, this is what I think the Holy Spirit said. This is what I think God is showing us. Her husband said, no, it couldn't be. It couldn't be. And so they, they just kind of go on for another year or so. But don't you know, God is a God who gives vision in advance for the future. He's painting a picture, and God confirmed it over and over and over again. And over the next year or so, they're in the midst of their worship at their church, and they finally realize God is confirming that this is what he's doing. He said, go to Elizabeth, New Jersey. There are many people there I need you to speak to. So they get in their family. They pack up everything they own. They go to Elizabeth, New Jersey. And they figure there's a church for them. But it's kind of like the story of Goldilocks. You know that story, right? This one, nope, it doesn't feel, God, I have no peace. This isn't it. This isn't it. And eventually they just decide they're just going to have a Bible study in their home. So they start having this Bible study. And people start coming to Jesus. This immigrant German family who doesn't speak much English at all is having this Bible study. And there's a move of God happening in their living room is becoming a church right before their eyes. And before long, people are being added to their number. They have to move out of the house into a storefront. They move from a storefront into another place and they're worshiping and God's meeting them. And there are these series of pivot points, pivotal moments, moments of turning where God is redirecting and showing. The first one was a pretty big one, from Germany to the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey. There they are, they're there. And now in the midst of that, God's bringing all these people, but the services are in German. But there's all these people that only speak English that are coming. 
pivot. God's calling us to reach all people. And we're going to become an English-speaking congregation. And they changed their name to Ebenezer Church. Because just as it says in Scripture, thus far the Lord has been faithful. And so they turn and they become this church. And they get a new building and they, they grow. And they continue to see God adding to their number daily. And so much that they have to move to another church on Broad Street in Elizabeth. And as they're there in that place, God changes them again. Now we're Evangel Church. We're about the message, the good news of Jesus going out everywhere. And it's in that time that there was a revival that took place through the 70s called the Jesus Movement. And there are many people that came to Jesus. Some of you are in the room today. Come on, let me see your hands. You came to Jesus during that season. You came to Jesus even at Evangel Church in that season. There are people on both services. Come on, celebrate what God is doing. But that was a pivot point because I want to tell you, I heard the stories back then. They saw people coming in. They, they didn't have shoes on. They didn't have, they, they didn't know what was going on. They're just coming in, just accepting Jesus in droves. And the church said, what are we going to do about this? They said, we're going to keep opening the doors wider. We're going to keep reaching people. And there was just a revival that broke out in the seventies through Evangel Church. But there God was speaking as well. In the same way they called Wilhelmina to Germany and how from Germany to Elizabeth and in that community, God was pivoting again saying, I have a vision for a different part of Union County, a different place, Scotch Plains. Go to Scotch Plains. And so 40 years ago, God is providing this vision for Scotch Plains. And they, they then go and they drive up and down all these roads and they find this big parcel of land right here with a shack on it. And it's nothing. It's empty. It's empty land with a few houses and things. One day there will be a church there. It'll be a church to be full and all, you know, God's people will come together. It's a vision. And then they walk towards the vision. And in 1982, they opened the doors to Evangel Church here in Scotch Plains. They picked up and they moved following God, pivoting at those pivotal moments. And God continued to add. Well, there's challenges that come at sometimes as well. And through the 80s, the church went through some challenges and, and difficulties. Some of you experienced that. And it got to the point where in the early 90s, about 25 years ago, the church had dwindled down in size. It was just a few hundred people gathering together. And it was a big building and a lot of things going on and a lot of bills to be paid. And there wasn't even enough money in the bank to pay two weeks worth of our bills and there's an electric bill that's coming due, but, but what some would say even more important is that Evangel Church from its beginning was a mission-supporting and mission-sending church. And we have a pile of missionary commitments, funds that we promise to send to help sustain missionaries all over the world. We don't have enough money for both of these. What are we going to do? Some of you were in the room. They were praying and seeking God and walked away saying, Whatever happens to the electricity, whatever happens inside this house, this is God's church. We're going to fund the mission and continue to give to God. And so we're just going to give to him and trust him and believe God to provide. And guess what? He kept his word. And he provided and he added to the numbers and he grew and he blessed. And church, 25 years later, we're here today seeing the faithfulness of God. But there are these moments where God is providing clarity. And in good times and in bad times, whatever season you're in, you do not need to ask this question. Is God doing something? Is God moving? You never have to ask that because God's always moving. You got to put a what? What is God doing? 
Not is God doing something? What is God doing? Where is God moving? Where is he leading us through this? And in each of those seasons, God was moving, painting a picture of where to go and what to do. And he's always met his people every step along the way. This is the history of Evangel Church I'm giving you in a very brief time. But it's about him casting vision and then us moving in that vision to fulfill it. Five years ago, I was walking into a season, a brand new season here of leadership and of ministry as we went through another transition um, in, in our history. And I asked God for vision, for clarity, and for direction. And he gave four words, changed lives, changing lives. And church, we have lived into that vision, that our lives are changed and we're meant to go out and see the lives of others changed by the hope of Christ that is in us. Some of you have come to faith in Jesus during the last five years, and it's because of that vision that God had. God had you in his heart. He had you in his mind that you would experience his amazing love in an amazing way. And we're seeing God so faithfully fulfill that. But it's so important that as God's clarifying vision, that we are hearing it and we're responding to it together. And the Lord's saying, as we've moved into this season, I'm doing a new thing. I have something new on the horizon. Something we look at the last five years and we'll praise God, but there's something new that we are meant to walk in. And I want to tell you this because I really believe this is another pivot point. This is another pivotal moment for us as a church. And I want to tell you this so you can remember the faithfulness of God, just as many others will along the way as we trust him together. But vision is a challenging thing. Whenever I think about vision, the Lord says, can't you perceive it? We have a hard time sometimes seeing what the Lord wants us to see. Turn to your neighbor, and I want you to ask them this question. Do you have vision problems? Some of them you didn't have to ask. You saw how thick their glasses were. You're like, I got you. I got you. Some of us, we don't want to admit it, but we have vision problems. We need the cheaters. We need something to be able to see clearly what we're not able to see anymore. And so we think about this. I think about vision problems. I had a vision problem. Um, I was driving about 10 years ago now, and I closed one of my eyes on the parkway looking at a sign for an exit, and I realized that when, that, when one of my eyes was closed, it's fuzzy. And I'm doing it right now, and the words on the screen are fuzzy. And I said, that's weird. Why My, my eyes shouldn't be seen differently, and, and one being fuzzy and one not. So I had to get a bunch of tests done and make sure everything was good. Um, and uh, it wasn't. I have something called keratoconus in one of my eyes, in my, in my left eye, where my cornea, I have 20-20 vision, but my cornea is more shaped like a cone, and it's creating a blurriness. So, um, so that's something I deal with, and you know, I could put a corrective lens in that will kind of push it back, so it'll be that, but I don't do that, and I just keep both eyes open, and I see clearly. Um, so that's, that's what happens for me. Um, but what what I realized is that vision problems can hinder things, and we all know that, and we understand it. And so there are three types of vision problems that I want to just address this morning briefly before we go into God's Word, because I think we all can struggle with these when it comes to understanding the vision. Again, if people can't see what God is doing, the vision, the revelation, there, there are three areas I think we can get hung up and stuck on spiritually when it comes to this, corporately and in our own lives. And the first one is this. Some struggle from nearsightedness nearsightedness. So this is what this means, and you understand it if you have it, that I could see things very close, and it's clear, and I understand it, and I can grasp it, but when I look further out, it's very blurry, and I can't. I struggle. I struggle to grasp that. I struggle to see that. And so that's nearsightedness. We can see what's right in front of us. We can attend to what's right in front of us, but you want me thinking about the future and something far out out there? I, I, that's overwhelming. I can't grasp it. I can't see it. It, it. I just can see what's right in front of me. I get great comfort from all those words. Jesus, I'm just going to give you enough for today. I just want my daily bread. Don't talk to me about a week from now. 
I'll figure that out then. That, that's you know, nearsightedness. Then you have the opposite, farsightedness. Man, it's pretty clear as I, as I see out, but if you want me to actually see and grasp what's happening right in front of me, I miss it. I miss it. It's not clear. It's kind of overwhelming. I don't understand how all this fits into all of that. And, and so we struggle with farsightedness. The final one is what I would call tunnel vision. Tunnel vision is only the ability to see a very small focused area. For that, I would say that sometimes we can't see past ourselves and how our own ways kind of become at the forefront. And I just can see just for my job and just for this and just for that. And we, we don't really see how anything else weighs into it, how any of what God's doing is playing into a bigger picture. And so with each of these, there are challenges and there are some things that create focus or, or clarity, but we can't get where God wants us to go with just one of them. Are you with me? We need to be able to see clearly. We need to, be able to see the, the big picture. We need to, be able to see far out. And God, where are you leading us? And how does today play into that and lead into that? We need all of these working together to really receive and walk in the vision God has for us. And that's for you individually and for us corporately. So we're going to understand that together today in just a few moments that we have. We're going to understand what does it mean to grasp the, the sense and the clarity about where God is leading us and what he's calling us to do. I believe this series has helped us in that in many ways because God continually uses seasons of seeking him or seasons of even fasting and prayer as a preparation place for a purpose, for God to give birth to a purpose. You don't have to look any further than his son to see this. Jesus was cast out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights what for the final preparation for the purpose in which he ultimately came it was out of there that he stepped into his mission so when we see that happen there we can go back in the old testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah which I think are just a beautiful picture of this as well and you'll see that as there is a city of Jerusalem, the gates are torn down and the city has just been ransacked and the people have been in captivity, but now they're returning. And when they come back, the picture of what's in front of them is heartbreaking. It's a shell of what it used to be. And it's there in that season that Ezra calls the people to fast and pray. Let's seek God and let's see him draw near to us and move among us and let's, let's revive ourselves spiritually in the Lord and, and continue to focus our, our eyes upon him. So that's what the people do. But then what do we see birthed in that same season? God raises up a man named Nehemiah who comes in and he walks among the city. His heart is broken. He wept for days. And as he's walking along, God is showing him something. He's showing him a vision for the future where walls are built up again, where God's presence is restored again, where the people have gathered, where there will be a strength, where there is now ruins, where there will be hope restored and rebuilt. And so Nehemiah saw it. He saw the big picture of what God was doing. He saw the nearsightedness of what he had to do and who he had to call together. And he had something that could see fully, not just tunnel vision, how every person had a part to play in what God wanted to do. And those three things together gave birth to this amazing story of rebuilding that took place in Nehemiah's day, a vision being fulfilled. So this is what it's all about. It's about us understanding, God, what is it you're doing in this season? What is it that you're reaching and calling us to? And in this season, this verse of scripture in John chapter three, uh, four, verse 34, is just sat in my heart. And I, I shared it with you today in the devotional that you've received. And if you've been subscribing to the emails, and this is one that has just taken on new meaning in my life in this season of hunger and thirst. Jesus says, whenever he's asked, are you hungry? You should eat something. Some of you are like, pastor, I'm hungry. Do not talk about food. And so after the service is over, but Jesus says this, he said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me 
and from finishing his work. I hope if nothing more, you will learn through this season what you thought you needed, you don't need. What maybe you didn't realize you needed, God's presence and his plan is what you need more than anything else. And he will sustain you and he will nourish you when you commit your life to live for him fully. And Jesus said, that's where my nourishment comes from. It's fulfilling the mission, the plan that God has for my life. I want you to know you do not have to wonder if God has a plan for your life. He does. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He has a plan and a purpose for you. The question is, am I walking in it? Am I fulfilling it? And be hungry to do that. Be hungry to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do. So what is God doing? When we look out in front of us, we are going to talk about vision, but we also should look around us and say, God, what are you doing right now? Not are you moving, but how are you moving? What are you doing? When we look back, we can see God has done some amazing things. I put them in two great categories. We've seen through even the last five years and change lives, changing lives, and in the year of 2017, we've seen that God is reaching the lost and he's building his church. Amen? We are seeing people coming into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. We see that God is using us as a church to bring the good news of Christ across the street and around the world. And there's a few things that I want to highlight with you to just celebrate from God's goodness in 2017. First, over 150 people came into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. They accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior in 2017. They made the greatest choice they could ever make. Some of you are here today. I, I'm just so thankful that God has saved you and that you are seeing he has a plan for your life. We had over 67, 67 children and adults who made a public confession of their faith through baptism in 2017. Can we celebrate that together? And if you've never done that, next Sunday's your day. So make sure you sign up so you can be baptized as we celebrate on Super Sunday. We helped to plant two brand new churches in our country, one in Florida and one right here in New Jersey. And we're seeing God touch lives in those different communities. Can we celebrate that goodness as God is allowing the gospel to take root in some new communities? We had a Christmas festival uh, here at Evangel, our first ever one. We found out from our numbers that over 300 people came to that festival and we were to minister to that had never been to Evangel Church before. These are brand new neighbors and friends that we were able to share the love of Christ with and invite them to come and see Jesus for themselves. Through our outreaches, we had an, out, an outreach for a backpack outreach in Plainfield in August. This was the most book bags we've ever done. 600 book bags that we were able to provide to children so they had everything they needed for their first day of school. We were able to provide 800 family meals for those in need at Easter and Thanksgiving. Let me do the math for you really quick. Each of those boxes, and 800 of them were packaged last year, was enough for five people. That's 4,000 people. They're already fed at Easter and at Thanksgiving because of your generosity, church, because of us partnering and meeting needs in a practical way. In every box shared the message of hope of Christ was contained within there. Invitations for them to come and see and experience Christ's love for themselves. At Christmas, 200 plus families in need received Christmas gifts for their children. Uh, that's including the special needs hospital down the street, Angel Tree, families in our own communities. God was able to provide gifts for these families. And as they came and they wrapped their gifts and they received them, they didn't see it as a church that was giving them. We heard testimony after testimony, God gave me this gift. God gave my child this gift. And some of them, they actually gave it with that on the, on the tag. This is from God. 
God loved you and he remembers you and he knows you and loves you. I mean, this is the, the gift that points people to Jesus. We saw 75, 75 of our congregants, people from this body that stepped up and stepped out and went either across the street or around the world on a missions trip in 2017. If you're in the room and you took a missions trip, stand to your feet right now. We want to celebrate with you. Anyone here in the room that took a trip in 2017? Come on, let's celebrate God's goodness as he activates people in our body to go and step out into the mission field. And guess what? We got even more. That was six trips. I think we have eight trips planned for this year. We're just getting started, church. We went to Guatemala, Dominican Republic, Uganda, Baltimore, and we saw many people experience the hope of Christ. We also came in, went into two villages that God has put on our heart to not just see a community receive a project, but to see a community transformed. And so we've done what we're calling village transformations, which will help to transform an entire village that doesn't have water, that doesn't have health care, that doesn't have school, that doesn't have the church. And by the time we're done walking with that community, they'll have all of those and of the hope of Christ there among them. These are called village transformations. We have one that's well underway in Uganda. They'll be completed this year. All those elements, and we're just getting started in Guatemala. So God is raising us up to see internationally communities that will be changed with the hope of Christ. And back in October, on a day much like today, when it can be hard to even walk from your car into the church building, where some people, maybe you're watching online today because like, I just didn't feel like going out in the rain. 600 of you in October went out in the rain like this and you served our community for hours with the love of Christ, your service for service. And you're able to bring the tangible, practical love of God to people in amazing ways, and that spoke volumes. Over 100 projects completed and worked on this year. I mean, these are some of the amazing things that God has been doing, but he's not done. And I believe all of this has been paving the way and making us ready for this pivot point, this moment where God is giving greater clarity to our vision and where he's leading us. Here's what it says in Proverbs 4.18. It says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter until full light of day. Here's what it means. As we follow God in obedience, he promises that the path is going to become brighter and brighter. So we will see clearer and clearer. And so God is now revealing more, showing more, providing more vision about where he is leading us. And I'm so excited today to be able to share that vision with you, church, and that we could celebrate God's goodness and his direction together. So please turn your attention to the screens, and I want to share with you the vision of where God is leading us. I can remember five years ago, as we were walking into a new season here at Evangel Church, I was seeking the Lord in prayer and asking, Lord, what could this new season be defined as? I remember coming together with some of our leaders as we prayed and as we talked and ultimately walked away with four words, changed lives, changing lives. In church, as we look back over the last five years, how God has breathed into that vision and allowed us truly to understand what that means for us to live changed lives, for us to see people coming to Christ, for people encountering his presence at the altars as they respond to the word of God, to see people enter into the waters of baptism and to ultimately go out to the ends of the earth to make an impact for the kingdom of God. We've seen people using their time, talent, and treasure, serving God. God with their skills and also heading into our own backyard as we've learned that our mission field truly is across the street and around the world to see countless lives transformed 
through our outreach efforts and the things that we've done to bring the hope of Christ to those that need to hear about it most. I'm amazed by the missions trips. I'm amazed by clean water and communities being transformed around the world. But I'm also thankful for the very communities in our own backyard that are different because of the presence of Jesus in you and me. Truly, we're living out changed lives, changing lives. Well, as I've been in prayer, I sense and have sensed for some time that God is leading us forward into a new vision, into us clearly understanding how we're gonna continue to move forward as changed lives, changing lives in this new season. Church, we can't stay here. God has been preparing some exciting things for the future for us. I believe that as we've been serving our community, as we've been seeing people come to Christ, as we've expanded the footprint of our own campus, that's 20 years in the making, the prayer for us to see the property next door become a part of the vision that God has for us. I'm excited to share with you about where God is leading us in the future. Well, as we think about the footprint of our church and as we think about the community that God has called us to, specifically Scotch Plains, Fanwood, and Plainfield. Through our efforts and through living on mission with Jesus, we've seen this community take on a different shape. We've truly been salt and light and people have seen the hope of Christ because of the way that we've lived intentionally and on mission. Here's what I know. I know that there are communities all around us, places that some of you live and work and pass through regularly. They don't have a life-giving church that's changing the community because of the presence of Jesus in and through them. And the vision God's been putting on my heart for some time is for us ultimately to branch out, church, for us to go and to be those sent people, and for us to allow in the years to come to see life-giving churches, campuses started all around central New Jersey so that you and I can truly see more and more changed lives, changing communities. Our vision as we move into this new season is gonna be changed lives, changing communities throughout central New Jersey through the power of the Holy Spirit. What that looks like is that in the years to come, we're believing for God to use us to start new campuses in and around central New Jersey to continue the impact of changed lives, changing lives. So we can start to see other communities where there are not life-giving churches experience the hope of Christ and be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit because of our presence. I look forward to you and I putting our hands to the incredible work that God's gonna be doing in the years to come and that all around central New Jersey, we will see changed lives, changing lives, and changing communities moving forward. God bless you, and let's pray together as we see this God-sized vision become a reality. Come on, church, let's celebrate God's goodness together. It's overwhelming to see everything at once, isn't it? To see all of the impact and to know we're just getting started. What happens here and in the footprint of this property is not meant to stay here. And what's happening in this community is not just meant to happen in this community. In the same way that God has expanded our property, expanded our territory, we are waiting 20 years to purchase that parcel of land next door. It just happens to be 2017. No, no, no. God was showing us something. He was showing, I'm expanding your territory. I'm expanding your capacity. And that's a picture of what he's doing. Our impact is not just going to be for Terrell Road in this community. It's going to be for central New Jersey. What would it look like to see communities transformed around central New Jersey where we could see the impact of changed lives, changing lives spreading to different campuses? And so in the years to come, we're believing that God's going to use us to raise up campuses. We'll become one church in multiple locations, reaching multiple communities, places that some of you live, some of you work, some of you minister to and have loved ones that they will experience in their community a life 
giving, mission-oriented hearted church full of the Holy Spirit reaching them and reaching their community. That's the heart of what God is calling us to, church, and we get to be a part of that. What would it look like by 2025 for us not to be one church in one location, but one church in five locations, reaching thousands of people with the gospel, reaching central New Jersey, that not only would our community look different because of Christ in and through us, but this whole region and area would look different because of what Jesus could do. It's a God-sized vision. But I'm so thankful that we serve a God who says nothing is impossible and this too shall come. And so we're believing God to do it. We're believing God to use us to see greater things than we could ever imagine come to pass. I believe this verse that Paul shares with the church in Colossae is so appropriate. And Pastor Rick, you can come forward at this time. Here's what he says. He says, this same good news, the same message that changed your life, it's going out all over the world and it's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. So this same message is going out everywhere. Church, that's what's happening in and through you and me as we live out this mission. It's gonna go out everywhere and reach more and more people with the hope of Christ. We have communities, not just here, but far around the world that are now being impacted. What would it look like for dozens of those kinds of communities over the next years to be transformed? So not only are we seeing central New Jersey, but even around the world, places where there are no churches or churches being started and where people don't know Christ yet coming to know him as Lord and Savior. This is the vision that we are going to take hold of together. So what part do we have to play in this? What part do you have to play in this? In the same way as Nehemiah, it isn't just about having the vision and seeing the work. It's about having a mind to put our hands to the work. Amen? About saying, what part do I have? I want to be a part of that. I want to take hold of that. I want to seize that vision and see it come to pass through God's grace. Well, we have that statement, changed lives. Not just changing lives, but changing whole communities. So we go back to that. For you, it's to answer this one question. How am I doing at living a changed life? And am I a changed life? For me, Jesus came in and he made all the difference. He changed my life. And I just believe that God is calling us to each take a next step into living a deeper, more changed life to the power and glory of Jesus. And you'd say, what is that changed life? Well, we had actually developed a few years ago kind of an acronym that would spell out seven principles for what it means to live a changed life. And I want to introduce those to you today. If you are sitting in a pew on the right-hand side, if you just grab, there's a stack of cards like this. And I'm going to ask my ushers, if my ushers are in the room right now, just to give me a hand. Um, but pick up all those cards and just begin to pass them down to the end of your aisle. Uh, we had a lot of people here today and we're thankful that God is increasing our numbers and bringing more people. We might literally run out of these cards today. Praise God. Uh, so if that happens and you didn't get one, um, and you're at the end of the row and you have extras. Just hold, hold that stack up when you get to the end of your row. Once you pass it down and ushers, if you can just help get those cards to anyone that needs them. If you haven't received one or there weren't enough in your row, just hold your hand up real quick until someone gets to you with one of these cards. And while that's happening, I want to turn your attention to the screens and I want to talk to you about what a changed life is. A changed life is a life that is connected to the body means you're connected. You're not, you're not just kind of coming and going and standing up, but you're connected here at Evangel and to the church. It's a life that's hungry for God, hungry for his presence, hungry to meet with him. It's one that actively shares Jesus with others, that we're sharing the love of Christ. 
It's a life that nurtures spiritual growth, that we take growth seriously in our relationship with God seriously. So we don't just eat and we don't just consume when we come together once a week, but every day we're in the word of God. It's a life that is generous, that generously stewards everything God has entrusted, time, talent, and treasure, but it's one that's marked by generosity. It's a life that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's a life that disciples others, that invites others, come and follow me as I follow Christ. And the best thing you could do to take hold of the vision in this season is to ask the Lord to give you the strength to take a step deeper into living a changed life. There are areas here as you see this list and say, how am I doing in each of these areas? I want you in every one of those areas to ask the Lord to help you go deeper with him. And I put at the bottom here a card. It's a, it's a response card for today. It's a commitment card for 2018 on how you can take hold of the vision, how you can live out the vision of changed lives, changing communities by you taking a next step in living that changed life. And so there are some literal responses that you could do today to help you grow and to help you more deeply step into this. Under connected to the body, commit to attend a small group if you've never had before. If you've never attended one, that's a key part of you getting connected. So commit in 2018, we're gonna have three small group seasons that you will attend at least one of them, that you'll just give that a shot, just get into community for at least one of them. Next one is gonna kick off in a few weeks on the 18th of February. It's called Fulfilled. I think this might be one of our greatest series that we've ever been a part of. It's called Fulfilled, and it's about the prophetic pictures of Jesus. We're gonna look at the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus and study 40 of them over 40 days and see how how Jesus truly is who God promised him to be. You don't want to miss out on this. Well, there'll be a small group component to it and the Sunday morning gatherings. If you are attending a small group, would you make a commitment to go deeper in your connection by leading one? Just pick one of the three this year and say, I will, by the end of 2018, I'll lead a small group. We'll open our home and take that step of faith to make more room for more changed lives. Hungry for God, make a commitment to spend uninterrupted time in prayer daily daily with God, connecting and communing with him, actively sharing Jesus. I will invite and, and ask the Lord to even give you a number, set a goal. How many people will you, by the end of 2018, just invite to come and see Jesus through personal interactions or inviting them to one of our services like next Sunday, Super Sunday or Christmas or Mother's Day or, or, or Easter, one of those to say, come and see Jesus, come and experience his love. So ask the Lord to give you a number and just commit to that this year. You'll invite them to come and see Jesus. Nurturing my spiritual growth, I will spend uninterrupted time in God's word daily. Generosity. For some, we don't yet give. And this is the one area God invites us to test him. And he says, test me in this area. See if I will not throw open the storehouse doors. See if I will not supernaturally provide for you. I've realized that God is so faithful and even especially in this area. So if you don't yet practice tithing, um, I want to encourage you to make a commitment that in 2018, this will be a new part of, of your life. You'll make it something that you just want to obey the Lord in it and, and continue to watch how he leads and guides you in that. Maybe you give, but you don't yet give to missions, to partner with all the incredible things that are happening around the world. Let the Lord stretch you in that way to give generously to the things that matter most to see the gospel go forth. 
Perhaps there's an area there God's calling you to take a next step. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has empowered us and given us gifts. We can't sit on those gifts, church. Some of you, you've been sitting and there's something so beautiful God wants to do through you. 2018 is the year to step up and see it activated. So make yourself available. Commit that you will avail yourself to serving and seeing how God could use your gift in 2018. Just, just select that if that's what you feel God leading you towards in discipling others. I will invite someone to follow me as I follow Jesus. For some of you, it might be some of them. It might be all of them. Whatever it is, ask the Lord to just lead you right now. Mark those down. Write out your info right there. And in a few moments, after we uh, take communion together and we conclude our service, we're going to be collecting those on your way out. So I'm going to pray for you right now. And we just hold this in your hand as we pray and ask the Lord to help us put our hands to the vision he has for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're the one who's always been out in front of us. You're always the one leading and guiding us. Lord, we just place our eyes on you and we ask you to lead us and guide us forward as a church. That, Lord God, you help us to fulfill, Lord God, this vision, Lord God, that's been brought into our hearts, Lord God. We thank you now that you've always gone ahead, years ahead, Lord God, and given the vision to your people. And as they've walked in it, we've seen your hand and your blessing. So, Lord, today, we overcome the nearsightedness and the farsightedness and the tunnel vision, Lord. We want to see clearly, Lord, everything that you're doing and how we have a part to play in it. So, Lord, we make these commitments before you, Lord God, each one of us, to take next steps in growing in that life-changing relationship with you. Lord, bless these decisions, bless these commitments, and help us to become more connected, more hungry, uh, more, more active in sharing you, deeper in our nurturing, more generous, more empowered, and more discipling than we've ever been before. We thank you and we love you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You'll just have a couple minutes to finish filling out that card and make sure you drop it off before you leave service today. And now, in just a moment, we're going to prepare our hearts to go into communion. And this is the way that we're going to conclude our fast. We began our fast with communion, and now we're concluding our season of prayer and fasting, coming back to the table of the Lord. So just take one of each of the elements, hold on to them, worship the Lord, thank him for his faithfulness, pray that you would continue to hunger and thirst for him, and we'll all take communion together in just a few moments. So let's just prepare our hearts by worshiping the Lord together.